So, hi. This podcast is recorded in a household with animals. Some of them are busy being in the studio right now, some are asleep in the bedroom, and some are out front scrounging for whatever they can find. Bugs, mostly. Uh, No, because the Marins just walk up to plants and just start denuding them. It's, (sighs) It's a thing. Anyway, so noises happen. There's also a teenager in the house. We're going to check in with him next week after his exams are done and all that crap. The other thing to mention is that we swear a lot. Oh, do we ever. Yeah. And so you should go into this knowing that we're going to use strong language. And while we're probably not going to talk about anything of a, and I'm putting this in air quotes, adult nature, that we're still going to swear a lot. And it's probably to be considered PG-13. Strong language. Strong language. Yes. So, hi. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy Episode 100. Hold on. Let me do that again. Episode 100. It's 100. I'm doing Jazz Hands 100. We did it two years. Two years. And a little later on, we're going to sit down and we're going to uh, see how things have changed for me in the last year. Because the last year has been really kind of a a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. I'm um, trying to remember last year. It, well, when we well, when I started this, no, 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 that, 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 that's that's the interview. Well, we'll okay, we'll, okay, okay, yeah, we'll worry about that later. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to literally remember last year and 2018. We went places. Uh, yes, Worldcon was in San Jose. Yes. That was, like, other than our usual Anthrocon and, you know, my MAGFest. I was on book tours a lot. You were on book tours. You did some book tours. Okay, yes. Yeah. And book tours always mess with you. Oh, do they ever. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of trips, I leave... uh, We're recording this on, on the Saturday before release because I leave tomorrow for corporate headquarters for all my new hire training, a week in Mountain View. By the time you hear this, if you're in Mountain View, I'm actually wrapping up that week, and I probably have no time whatsoever to do anything that isn't related to work. I've already seen, like, the calendar requests coming in for, you know, the team dinners, or the new, you know, going as a group of new hires out to dinner every night from 6 to 9, and like things start at nine in the morning and I've seen all this stuff. So it's, it, they're going to be essentially 12 hour days. There are still logistics that go with it though. You know, cause I'm not going to want to go back to my hotel room and fall down and immediately log back onto like my work laptop. So for the first time in what feels like a really long time, I'm taking a trip and I'm having to pack both laptops and I'm having to figure out, the balancing on that and like packing my clothes is easy at this point, packing my toiletries. Once I found my toiletry kit, which we had misplaced after the China trip, it was easy. All that's done. Honestly, at this point, packing clothes for a mere five days, as opposed (laughs) to, you know, you have a strict weight limit. You have to go through the following climactic zones. Right. Right. Yeah, for three weeks. And you have to keep it under 20 kilos. Yeah. Well, that was the strict weight limit. Yeah. Yeah. Which turned uh, out not to be so strict in practice. It was a lo- There was some, some room to fuzz. It's, it's sort yeah. of like the 50 pound limit at 51 pounds. They usually just sort of let it go yeah. at like 60. They're like, you owe us more money. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So it's, it was, it's been interesting just trying to find the thing that will work for me that I have on hand. I'm not going to go out and buy a new bag. I I know you're looking at me. I just said something that is completely alien to no, you. No, no, I'm very glad because it, it, the thought that it that buying a new bag was even a thing that one might consider when you already own all of the bags. <laughs> yeah. Like, half the world's supply of bags is in our closet. I, I have most models of, of Timbuktu laptop uh, messenger bags prior to... Probably about 2014 uh, in different sizes because, like, I'd have a 17 and then I'd get a work laptop that was a 15. And then, and God I'd, forbid, it'd have two inches to slop around. Well, yeah. that wasn't the one that, that made me get smaller. It was when I went to the 13 inch. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is way too much slopping around and it's not that well padded. And so then I needed, but anyway, 
I have a bag obsession when it comes to these sorts of things, and if I've, you guys are picturing at this moment uh, the bit in The Simpsons where Bleeding Gums Murphy is uh, walks into the the dealer and says, "Give me another Faberge egg." Yes, he says, "Haven't you had enough?" I'll tell you when I've had enough. And his head laying in an alley surrounded by broken Faberge eggs. Yes, <laughs> that's me in bags. It does mean though that if I need a bag for something, I know exactly where to find it. Except for the bit where you had to buy another bag for China. Because the bag I was going to take that I bought for Finland that was perfect was also too big for the Chinese airline overheads. It literally would not fit. And the one I did buy, which was right on the edge, barely fit. So... Yeah. The struggle is real, Internet. <laughs> the struggle is real. First world problems. First world problems. Uh, I I don't even know what to call this. Okay, so yeah. moving on. The other logistic problem is I'm still healing from the uh, oral surgery. Right, so, so all the restaurants have to involve something soft you can eat. Right, and that's not going to be a problem at restaurant restaurants. Airports are uh, going yes. to be an issue, and... Since and airlines are going to be an issue because nine times out of ten, what are they going to hand you as the and I'm putting this in air quotes again snack on your flight? It's going to be pretzels, it's going to be cookies, or it's going to be peanuts, or it's going to be nothing. Suck it up, right? I interestingly enough, and those and by the way, the out of the four, the only one in that list I can have right now is nothing. Suck it up, yes. The if you were on a Chinese flight for more than about I'd say 90 seconds, they gave you a meal. Oh, yeah. It was just like, here, this is your meal. And it was like, we, we've we've eaten five times today because we keep flying and they keep handing us food. And they weren't great? No, but it uh, was, but they were full meal. Yeah. Full you know. boxed lunch thing, yeah. Yeah, uh, they were certainly... You know, part of me is trying to decide if they were better or worse than cup noodle, and I'm having a hard time. Uh, I thought they were worse because I prefer cup noodle, but anyway, hard it, to say. It, and, it, and, and, and and we're moving so far afield. Yeah, anyway, it, it really depended on on the cup noodle, I think. Mm. But that's been that's been basically, other than doing all my... New hire paperwork this week, this past week, and doing all of my, uh, you know, machine setup. My laptop came in a day late, and so two days late, actually, I think it felt like. So by the time I actually had everything set up and was able to start doing the requests I needed for access, it was Friday. Yeah. You know, but I saw a great concert on Wednesday night. I hurt really bad when I got home and didn't care. <laughs> Best kind of punk show. And so it's all... You know, leading up to, I guess, I leave on an airplane tomorrow Yep, for California. Now, you were saying to me yesterday a thing mm -hmm. that we, we should probably address, which is you looked at me and said, I am my rut. I am completely out of my rut, and I need to find my rut again. And we're going to talk about that more in the interview. Okay. Because it's that time of year. Episode 100, it's been two years. It's time for me to answer my own seven questions again yes. and see th how things have changed. And right now, spoiler alert, a lot of change going on. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting thing. So how have you been doing? Other oh. than, I mean, you know, by the time this releases, you're on day four of grunting and shoveling food into your mouth over the sink and... So as not to have to do dishes, yes. Yeah. Um... Well, yes, by the time you hear this internet, I will have been uh, uh, living my bachelor lifestyle for several days. Yep. And I don't take terribly good care of myself because... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, internet. Oh, internet. I mean, like, we're talking... Kevin isn't here, so my schedule is usually destroyed. It might be a little better because I still have to take the teenager to school. And uh, pick him up. And pick him up. And I suppose he will also want to eat. Yeah. God, inconvenient mammals. Uh, but, like, normally, if I'm by myself, uh, my sleep schedule immediately reverts to Bachelor, which is I will stay up until four in the morning and sleep until noon. And... 
which honestly is not that different. For, it's basically mm-hmm. time shifts about two or three hours. Yep. Uh, left to my own devices, I will become completely nocturnal uh, in a month if no one else, if I'm not living with someone else. Um, it's a problem. Please tell the people what I would have found in your refrigerator when we first met. <laughs> I, I believe you remember it more vividly than I do. Yeah, I, I believe there was some cheese and about half of a tomato left over for, because you figured out how to make quesadillas and that was all you really knew how to make. And um, there would have been cartons of leftover Chinese. Yes. 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 Oh, and, and in your freezer were Trader Joe's freezer meals. Yes. Yes. And Kevin opened my my thing fridge and was like, "You, you this is this is more of a bachelor fridge than I have had at any point in my entire uh, life." Really? And I'm like, "Don't judge me." And at one point, I had three roommates who were all men. And, and I look. Cooking is the one skill set that I have never needed to acquire because yeah. I did not grow up cooking. I uh, hooked up with a short order cook right out of high school, and anything I could cook, he could cook five times faster and with less mess. And so he just did all the cooking. And right. so I basically hit 30 something knowing how to make hamburger helper. Mm hmm. Uh, and mac and cheese. And then you learned quesadillas. I forget why you learned quesadillas. Uh, I learned quesadillas because, uh, it turns out you'll get scurvy. Right. So, uh, then I was like, well, and I was sort of like, I will be self-improved. I will learn to cook. And it's really hard when you're single because everything is like serves for and yeah. no one will sell you half a tomato. Right. So, but the solution to this is Mexican food because with the same like six ingredients, you can make about eight different, eight to 30 yes. different things. So I would make, you know, enchiladas. Uh, I only did that once. I think it was, or tamales was really hard. Tamales are really hard. But uh, quesadillas, I would make mm-hmm. a lot of quesadillas. And then I could use my half tomato. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, yes. So I will revert to that. Um Fortunately, the one skill set I have is that I activate other people's feed people gene. <laughs> so yes. I will like wander into the coffee shop, and if Emma is working, she will be like, "How long has it been since you ate a real food?" And I will be like, "I'm not the one on trial here." And <laughs> I hope she also asks you if you've been feeding the teenager real food. Uh, no, she usually doesn't. It, it doesn't come up. Right. I will be responsible and adult and make sure he at least has frozen pizza. I, the boy cannot live on pizza alone, and he's told me as much, but... You're only going to be gone six days, and I'm going to go get Chinese food the first night, so that's like... Oh, yeah, that's like that's two, two, two days. Two days, of, yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah. So, anyway, that's really where we're at this week. I'm in California, uh, and she's living... La Vida Bachelorette. Yes, I um, hopefully will have finished a novella that I've had kicking around since 20 frickin' 16 by the time. Now, that is an interesting thing. Something that does happen really quick when you are left alone like this is you go into, like, hyper-productive mode. Uh, Frequently, yes. I'm, I'm like... I have no food. I have written 10,000 words, and now I am going to drink a bottle of wine and play Dragon Age Inquisition from the beginning. Or argue on the internet. Possibly uh, both. You, if you think I can't multitask right. that, like, I can, I can, the hinterlands I can do on autopilot while I fight on the internet. Ten of you at home just laughed. Right. So, <laughs> I didn't get it because I've never played that game. Anyway. Iron Bull forever. <laughs> Carry on. So, that's that. That's where we're at. And 20 of you just started yelling at the radio. After this <laughs> quick break, we'll be back. Fine, Dorian's fine, but no solace. I draw the line. We'll be back after this.
And we are back. Welcome back to Productivity Alchemy, <laughs> episode 100. Mm-hmm. I am here interviewing your host, Kevin Sunny. Hi. Kevin, <laughs> among the many hats you wear, you are the host of Productivity Alchemy. Yes. Yes, I am. Can you tell us a little bit about what that you do? What I, A little bit about what I do. Introduce myself. Right. So for those who don't know. Uh, I'm Kevin Sunny. I am the host of Productivity Alchemy. I'm going to guess they know that. <laughs> First of all, I said it, and secondly, they're listening to Productivity Alchemy. And it just it just flows. I, I'm also a system administrator. I just took a new job as a systems reliability engineer at Elastic. So I do Linux stuff. I do server stuff. I'm going to be doing coding, which I haven't done in a while. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff I, I do professionally related to that. Not professionally, you know, we've got this podcast, we've got the Hidden Almanac, we've got Kevin and Ursula Eat Cheap when we're physically capable of doing it. <laughs> I write the occasional article for opensource.com, and I travel with you a lot. Yes, you you are support mm-hmm. staff for yes. Red Wombat Studio. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Unpaid support staff. I get paid in room and board on the trips. I get to go to, it's like, hey, we're going to Bubonicon. I get to go to Bubonicon and the hotel is paid for, generally my part is paid by you. And food, I don't have to worry about food. I just have to make sure you eat and you get places on time and stuff like that. I would love to read another question, but there is a tiny orange cat blocking the monitor. It's a problem. Come here. Yeah. I hear this podcast you do. Sometimes there are animals. Yes. Well, and this is one of them. There we go. All right. Well, (laughs) it's been a year since last we spoke. It is. So let's address that, first of all. (laughs) To go off script a little, what has changed in the last year since last we interviewed you for Productivity Alchemy with Kevin Sonny, the host of Productivity Alchemy? All right, now you're just now you're just being okay. Well, <laughs> I will keep that in mind. For those of you who don't know, there is a local radio show with a local. I don't know if he's a celebrity, but he's he's a local host. host. Yeah, and he is really really knowledgeable at what he does yes and also really really repetitive yes so there's a lot of that last song was such and such by so and so yeah yeah on the album uh this and that by so and so the song such and such and it just just rolls and yes we do sort of mock him at times yes we we miss him terribly when we don't hear him but for a while yeah 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 Anyway, so anyway. yes, how have things changed? That is not one of the questions, but for the follow-ups, you need to add question eight, how things have changed. Only, yeah, on the follow-up interviews, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, usually I, I do that in this in this part. So how things have changed. When we did this last year, I was a couple months into a different job, and that job had uh, ended in September. Yes. So I And I spent a really long time, by my standards, unemployed. Not a long time by a lot of other people's standards, but there were a couple things that were I, I look at and I think of as mitigating factors. Whenever I would start to feel kind of like, oh, God, this job hunt is taking forever and whatever, I would stop and I'd say, okay, first off, you lost your job towards the end of September. Everything grinds to a halt. Hiring just sort of stops somewhere in the middle of October, beginning of November. Because everybody's doing year-end stuff, and it doesn't start moving again until January. So, because if even if I wasn't able to find anything suitable in November or December, yeah, that's kind of understandable. It wasn't really a reflection on you, right? And it takes about two weeks for it to get moving in January. And I didn't figure this out until probably about March, when I was just like, "Why can't? Why is no one hiring?" Suddenly, somewhere around middle of January. Feb- beginning of February, it was like the floodgates opened up and there were just, there were some great companies hiring. And so I was actually able to start the process for the, this new job in March. Actually, I think I applied in February. I didn't get a response until March. It took us all of March to get through all but like the final interview. And then China happened. 
Right. And you also had some that you had to explain to companies. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to be gone for a month. Here, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so and, but the company I'm starting, I've just started with Elastic was really cool about. They're like, that's fine. We will finish this up when you get back in May. Yeah. I'm like, all right, they're already a win uh, in, in the really, you know, uh, flexible, flexible and, you know, willing to work with me kind of thing. Uh, so we finished that up when we got back from China and I started the new job earlier this week. Cause it also took like three weeks to get to the point where I could actually start, start. And that was also sort of expected. But I guess maybe two weeks. You were saying that you were out of your rut. I am was... completely out of my rut. And the thing is that I spent so long without a job and I tried to maintain some semblance of order there and some semblance, but I didn't have any of the, I have to do X. I have to monitor Y I have to do, you know, I, I had been essentially wound up to keep a very specific schedule with, and then being on call and accepting alerts almost 24 hours a day for so long that, as I got out of that, well, I tried to maintain some of that, but at least, you know, working hours and things like that, working hours, I'm doing that in air quotes. I would mostly come downstairs, look for jobs, look for jobs, fart around on the internet, look for jobs, watch Amazon Prime. And which is, I guess, pretty normal for someone in that situation. I also recorded a lot of interviews and a lot of podcasts. And took up vermiculture. Uh, vermiculture started when we got back. I researched vermiculture. I didn't take it up until we got back. And but yeah, I had the chickens, and we uh, there was there was there was stuff going on around the house. But in terms of the work mindset, of these are sort of hours I've got set aside to work. These are the things I need to get accomplished in that time. These are you know hard deadlines I'm dealing with. That is completely out of my system. And then spending basically a month away from even the the crumbling walls of my rut yes spending that time away has reset everything it's like all of the habits i had built all of the tools i was using uh, basically the reset button has been hit and all of my habits are gone and we should say uh, the word rut frequently has very negative connotations. We are a huge fan of ruts here. Uh, really, uh, I like to get into a routine. I like to get into a, a an expectation that when I get up on Monday, these are the things I'm probably going to need to get done, and these are the meetings I have. And then Tuesday, and then Wednesday is that and recording Productivity Alchemy. And Thursday is that and... Recording Hidden Almanac, uh, that sort of thing. You can think of it as groove if you prefer. Yeah, but yeah. but we are we, ruts develop because people use them to go places. Yeah, uh, you know? every every path, every worn path in a forest that that is slowly turning into a stream started probably as a deer walking on it, and then people walking on it, and things like that. Or you know the mm -hmm. the Roman roads started. Those are rutted because people used them a lot and they got places on them. So we are huge fans of ruts. Yeah, absolutely. If if your your rut keeps you in line and going where you're going, and when things start to break down and you panic, you still know where you are and you can keep plowing ahead. Yeah. Uh, I realize we have this this. If I may preach for a moment, we have this whole <laughs> uh, neophilia. You should be your own boss leaping off of mountains and out of planes thing here in American society of the, you know, every day should be a new adventure. And yes, if you want it to be, but a lot of us just got to get shit done. Right. And having systems in place. And as long as it's fulfilling for you, then a rut is fabulous. Your, your, your rut or your groove or whatever is great because you know what you're doing. You don't have to spend a lot of it on existential angst. If sorry. your rut is miserable and making you sad, then that's a whole nother issue. But yes, I'm sorry. I have to. I have to uh, unlock the the screen with all the questions on it is uh, locked itself, and so I had to unlock it. There we go. All right. Mm -hmm. So, Mister Sunny, why don't you tell us how do you keep yourself organized these days? So now that I have to start over and rebuild everything. Yes. I'm trying new things again. I had been using sort of a paper bullet journal that doesn't necessarily mesh with anymore with 
all of the tracking for all of my tasks is now online for work. Which work related. A reminder: your organizational needs may change as Absolutely. your situation Absolutely, that's changes. that's one of the reasons I go through so many different systems and and still research them on and off. The the platform that is provided by work is Mac. So I have been shifting myself away from my staunch Linux to all Mac. And the integration is amazing. It's been a really long time since I've used Mac as my primary platform. The integration is amazing. The built-in sync is actually pretty good. I don't like how Apple seems to think that because you have a Mac, you also have an iPhone and iPad, and that's all you have. But, you know, that's what it is. And there is so much productivity software out there for it. So I'm trying some old classics or longtime favorites that people have used just to see how they've changed since the last time I was on the platform. And it's been several years. So I went back and grabbed OmniFocus because OmniFocus was one of the big ones. And I'm like, yeah, okay, this is cool. But since the last time I used it, they dropped calendar support, which is something I actually kind of need. And, oh, they've moved to a subscription model now so that you have to, you can download it for free on the Apple store. And then they want to charge you X amount a month or a year for the ability to continue using it past. And it's, it's like, Hey, the basic set of features that'll get you going is this, but if you want to be able to do the automation and all this other stuff, Oh, you have to pay a lot more, like a hundred dollars a year, a lot more. Eef. And I was like, okay, no, it's, it's good, but you've sort of removed one of the features that made it really happy for me and changed it up so that the so the, the other thing I liked about it, which was you bought the version once and you used it everywhere, is no longer acceptable. So then I went and I looked at uh, the other sort of long-standing productivity app for Mac is a, a thing called Things. And Things has come a long way since the last time I used it. And so I'm on a trial with it right now. And it's just been great. Cool. It integrates right with the little reminders dock on the side. It's It's got all these... it talks to your calendar so that when I go to the today view on it, what do I have to get done today? It also shows me all of my meetings and all of the things I have scheduled. So it's a lot easier to schedule around or figure out where's this task going to fit without having to have the calendar up. The calendar integration and the mail integration, of course, in Mac is still as good as it was. And I think while the programs haven't don't feel like they've changed so much or that much they certainly feel more robust more mature they don't they they look and act the same but when i'm like loading up my mailbox with oh my god i don't know how many mail messages i have it doesn't just grind to a halt and fall down like it used to that's nice and the calendar you know the whole thing is built in a way that it's designed much more for productivity than it used to be i mean it was designed around artists and things like that. And they've really, on the one hand, they've matured as a platform into the, okay, we understand that people need to get these done and they need to do this and they need to be able. So it's, it's much more integrated. Still don't like reminders that much, but yeah. Um, yeah. My, uh, my big tower machine is getting to the point where I think it's mm -hmm. about to fall down. Yeah. And I need to probably lay out it crap ton of money and replace it yeah because it was what you said about the loading emails because mm -hmm. mine goes to load emails and i walk away and well but that was the thing is the built-in mail app which honestly i've always liked it's probably the second best email application i've used in my entire career and one of the best ones i've used since probably the 90s uh, thunderbird all right i'm gonna say it right now Thunderbird works, but Thunderbird is crap. It's got a terrible UI. It doesn't really sync. And to do anything other than basic IMAP mail, you have to start adding extensions and screwing with it. It's, in terms of as a modern application, it's terrible. It's functional, but it's, it's ugly and it drives me mad. The same is true of many of the other 
many of the other, I'm not going to do a blanket statement of all the, but many of the other open source solutions, the same thing, or the mail programs for Windows. I've been through them all. I go, I do this thing like every other year where I'm just like, how am I going to handle my email? I am sick to death of doing it this way. And nine times out of 10 on Linux and on Windows, I just went back to using a web browser in my Gmail because it worked and it was modern. The mail application in Mac is pretty much everything I've wanted in a graphical mail client for oh, quite a while. If you could see the look of disgust, pain and, pain and disgust. On his yeah, face. yeah. I'm, um, I'm sorry that it just works. It just works, but that's what I'm finding across the whole thing, and that's the big thing about how I'm keeping myself organized. Is I'm starting to integrate things and automate more, so that the things that I need to do it it isn't a problem anymore. I can just go do them. You know, uh, I talked to talked to Wade from Zapier last week and automation. Right, I'm trying to find ways to link these things together so that. Like I got a, a um, something right now that if I move an email message to a folder in my email, then a job is fired off that adds it to things for me as a task, right? That is not something that was easily done with some of the programs I was using on the links. Yes, you can do it. And yes, it takes something like Zapier or IFTT, but... It's also kind of messy with that. Well, do I use a Gmail label or is it really a, how does this, you know, how is this getting picked up? And using the, the Mac UI, it's really nice. And now that I found where to customize the funky light up touch bar on the laptop. Oh yeah. It's also really nice to be able to sort of hit a button and there's all the controls I need and not have to muck around with stuff to remember what hot key combination. Nope. I'll just switch that around. Well, we're starting to move into question three here, yes, which is yes. what systems and habits. habits are valuable to you. And it sounds like uh, you're finding new ones that are valuable I, to I am. the new system. I am. Automation has always been really important as a system administrator. Uh, it, I, I like to follow the principle. Some people, I don't know if they, they call it this. I call it the lazy sysadmin. And that is that I don't want to work any harder than I have to. Right. And so I want to automate as many of the crappy little shitty tasks, repetitive stuff as I possibly can. If I'm going to do something twice, if I haven't written a, if I don't spend the time, the second time I'm doing it, writing a script or automation, then when I do it a third time, I'm definitely doing it then. But one-offs should be just that one-offs and you should always, I always kind of think through the idea that if I do it once, I'm probably going to do it five times. So automation is important. That's, that's become one of the big systems and things like IFTT, T and Zapier are really a big help there. There's a whole bunch of Apple script. I'm probably going to write to help with that too, because it's, it's, just right there on the platform. Now that doesn't mean on Linux, I haven't written my fair share of scripts and I've got a whole bunch of stuff that like runs on a server to automatically do the buffs on Habitica. Oh my God, you're cheating on Linux. It feels like it sometimes. The That's, that is, that is the, the, <laughs> the, 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 but I love Linux and I'm committed to open source, but it's really nice. I just want everyone to know I'm still committed to Linux open source, but it's really nice and working. That is that is the dynamic I am seeing. Here. So I'm I'm cheating on the Linux desktop. That is I think that is the thing. We we keep going through the this is the year of the Linux desktop. This is the year of the No, the Linux the year of the Linux desktop is not going to come as long as it's fragmented and the UI concerns are basically this application works. Why do we need to improve it? And that's been a real struggle for me in adjusting my mindset. The Linux server is sold. The Linux server is solid. No one is arguing about that to the point where Microsoft is now integrating the Linux kernel into Windows. Okay, that is a, the Linux server has won stage. Desktop, sorry guys, Mac has you hands down. And I know so many developers who are like, yes, I've just written this script for our Linux server to do X, or I'm a developer and here you can run this on Linux, who aren't running Linux on their desktop, they're running Macs because it just works. 
I mean, certainly Linux was never going to attract people like me who need a, a plug-and-play system. Right. And, and I, th- yeah, until they have yeah. one, it will not be. But But even then, all of the work on the UI, all of the changes that are going into it, they aren't necessarily done in such a way as to attract users, right? There, There's no one out there focusing on that whole concept of, I want to have a desktop and let us build the, you know, the, the look, the feel, the just works of something like Mac or Windows. The company that does that and then can somehow, and then comes the big problem is how do they make money? And usually how they make money is by doing server stuff and and cloud stuff. I mean, look at Ubuntu. They don't make money off of the people running it as a desktop. They do their cloud hosting and all this other stuff. The financial side of it's really difficult. I love running Linux servers. I love automating my jobs there. I love writing my scripts. I love doing all of that. But man, when I just want to read my email... If I just want to check my calendar, I don't want to have to go through all the hoops I have to go through on the desktop. I want it to just work. And I have yet, in all the years I've been a Linux user and an administrator and all that stuff, I have yet had a just work every single time. Moving on. Moving on. Yeah. So automation, um, habits, I'm... I'm I'm having to rebuild habits from scratch. So at the moment, so you don't I, know which ones are valuable. I, I don't know which ones are valuable right now because it takes 21 days to build a habit. It takes about three to lose it, and you've lost all. Of I've them. lost almost all my good habits. I'm having to rebuild them all, and sometimes it's like, oh yeah, I need to remember to check Habitica today. Oh yeah, I need to remember to. I need to remember to check my web comics. Like there are some web comics I haven't read in about four months, and for me, that's a big fucking deal. I, I, I would yeah. add one to that. What's that? You need to remember to take 10 minutes to go sit with your chickens because you have not sat with your chickens for a while. You would be surprised. I I, I take a lot of short breaks with my chickens. Okay. You know, I spent some time I, I out there. I don't feel like the chickens are neglected. I'm worried you're you're not getting enough chicken time. The chickens No, with the, the baby chickens make a big difference on that, uh, especially in me remembering because I have to uh, – there's a part of – there's a back of my brain going, are the babies all right? Are the babies all right? How have they changed today? Right. What behaviors am I going to see today that weren't there tomorrow? So th- that has, there's a, a little tickle in the back of my head. So that habit is rebuilding itself just good, naturally. Good. It's the others that are really hard. Like, okay, starting my day, what do I need to do to start my day? Especially uh, school's out in like a week. So my start my day routine is about to go straight into the crapper. The get up, get a shower, get out the door with Jacob to get him to school, come home. And then what? Right. Well, now it's just going to be, okay, I need to set a time to wake up. I need to get that routine rebuilt. Right. Uh, I need to, and hopefully make it compatible with the time between when school starts next year and when he gets his driver's license and I don't have to get up and drive him to school every day. Indeed. So, but that's, I mean, but that's where I'm at. All of that stuff is just like crap, gone. And I have to rebuild the whole thing. Interestingly enough, mm-hmm. uh, and and like this is this is, I think it's valuable to interview you now so that people know mm-hmm. that even productivity guru Kevin gets in the <laughs> the you know adrift. Right. But you don't actually have the things we would normally interview people about. You'd be surprised. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of a lot of what we would normally talk about is just useless. Because it's all gone. Yeah. Right? Like, I can tell you the first thing I do in the morning right now, because it's pretty obvious what I do. Uh, The alarm goes off, I brush my teeth, and then I wait 30 minutes because I have to... You set a timer. I set a timer because I have to have... I have to wait 30 minutes after brushing my teeth to do the mouthwash, and then I set a timer because I have to wait 30 minutes before I can drink my coffee, before I can have anything to eat or drink. Yeah. And so... The problem has been, I'll set the timer, I'll go back to bed. I'll set the timer, I'll go back to bed. What I'm trying to do now is I set the timer after doing the mouthwash and hit the shower. Mm -hmm. Because the shower takes me 20 minutes, give or take. And so maybe by the time I'm done with the shower, it's almost, and I'm putting myself, getting dressed and putting myself together. Hopefully it's not very long after I'm done with that, that I can come downstairs and have coffee. And this is, of course, Mm -hmm. a temporary 
situation right. for another couple of weeks. But, yeah. but if I can get start to get that's part of the get back into that habit. It's okay. I need to get up. I need to shower. I need to get myself ready. I need to do whatever's next and figuring out whatever's next is the part I'm having trouble with. Yeah, which is question four. How do you decide what right. to do first? You don't know yet. Right, right. I don't know. state of flux. And most of it is right now is, okay, I log on, I read my email, and then I start through the, okay, what can I do next on the list of things, new hire things that needs to be done. Sooner or later, I'm going to run out of those. Uh, I hit a point on Friday where it's like, other than this one thing I'm doing, there's this whole list of things I can't do and things I can't, I can start on, but I can't finish until other people take actions. Right. Right. Like I'm waiting for approval for access to one of our cloud environments. And, but I don't send a ticket for that. It doesn't say anything. It says whose responsibility is, but. So you're still working out how the the team right. is going to work. Well, and, and, and part of it's, works. and they have assigned a mentor and it's really cool that they do that to help walk through all of this and to help get to the point where we can actually be like productive, productive. Hopefully all of my access stuff will be done by the time I'm done with, uh, we call it X school, right? New hire school, the new hire week X school. By the time, if I'm, by the time I'm headed home on Friday, Hopefully 99% of that's done starting Monday, which is what my, my manager and I talked about. We can start getting into the uh, nuts and bolts of what it is I'll actually do right, right? until I change teams. But this is, I'm going straight onto the, basically the team that is foundational for everything else I'll be doing. So there's actually sort of a design around how I'm going to be, they're working out the design on how to train me. And that's going to inform a lot of the decisions around what I'm doing uh, moving forward. So it mm-hmm. uh, this isn't a, a permanent state of limbo. It's Mm-mm. just uh, because you have no rut and no no specific schedule, it's it's, it's unsettling. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And uh, But I'm learning, and I know very stressful earlier this week, very stressful. And when I realized that was what was going on was everything was gone, and I was basically starting over with habits and all of it, that made a big difference. Right, that made a huge difference in how I started to approach things, and you know, once I get back from school, as it were, uh, next week, next week, on Monday, I'm starting. I'm basically starting fresh and have the opportunity to rebuild everything or find the new thing that works really well for me. I, I know what you mean about losing habits. I mm-hmm. realized I have not been tracking my word count since we left mm-hmm. for China. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. which I'm like, I need to start doing that again. And I was like, well, it's not a big deal. Stuff's getting done. I'm like, yeah, but I'm starting to feel a certain amount mm-hmm. of, you know, am right. I really being that productive? Because that mm-hmm. was a habit I had that was valuable mm-hmm. and, and it fell by the wayside. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Now, moving on. Mm-hmm. Now, I am going to, to shake this one up a little. Normally, okay. the question is, what is the best advice or feedback you've been given? Mm-hmm. We've already been down this road many times. So what is the best advice or feedback you've been given this year? This year? Oh, wow. That is a tough one. Okay, hold on. I have to... I'm going to reach back and I'm going to get my notes. Okay. These notes are important. That's not the book with the Productivity Alchemy. I have a notebook... Specifically set aside for Productivity Alchemy. That I, much... I just blindsided him with this one, Internet. Sorry. No, 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 it's okay, it's okay. I, there was, um, here we go. Uh, who was this I was talking to? This was Sharon J. with, and I can't remember when, what episode this ended up in, because I didn't actually write it down, which is weird for me. Uh, oh, episode 88. Um, you are the expert on your own life, which she picked up from Captain Awkward. And... Yes. That one has informed me a lot in that it's it's allowed me to step back and take a lot of what other people have sort of said about my life and throw it right out the window. That's been absolutely fantastic. Have, um, have other people said a lot of things about your life that you need to throw out the window? I, no, but you, there's that societal thing where... You, the expectation is, I mean, especially while I was out of work, the expectation is you should find a job immediately and get money coming in and it doesn't, you know, and, and work and work and work. And if you're not working, you're a terrible person, right? If you're sick, you're a terrible person, 
uh, that if you can't work, you're you're a parasite. Yes. Yeah. All yeah. Those, all, all of that. And I had to. I had to. That there was a lot of squashing of that, and being reminded that you are the expert on your own life made me step back and, and say, okay. Yeah. Ironically, given the point of the podcast, you you are your worth is not measured by how much you get done. Right. So it's just that. The podcast is about getting things done mm -hmm. so that hopefully you don't have to worry about that so much. But yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, something else. Um, on that the is, yeah, that is mm -hmm. excellent advice. And Captain Awkward, go Captain Awkward. Go, go Captain yeah. Awkward. There was also a uh, slam poem by uh, uh, Andrew Gibson. Uh, the, called Boomerang Valentine. That Seraphim told me about in episode I can't remember, but it was back in, like, uh, January. And th the poem had such... It's, it is, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, it is a queer manifesto, but on the other hand, the passion and the voice in which it's delivered is just, like, in your face. And it is... It is hard. And it is, it is a reminder that I am not... Well, I might be the center of my universe, things I do impact other people, and how do I change my attitude? The other thing that was recommended to me at the time uh, was Nanette on Netflix. Oh, yeah, I've heard, I've the, heard of that. I yeah. haven't seen it, but I mean, I watched a little TV. But. It, it, that was a punch. It was hysterical, and it was also a punch in the gut. Like, I'm the person, as a white male, who was aimed as as a punch in the gut. Absolutely. Punch up completely. But it was also like this snap the recommendation that i watched nanette was really really like right up there on one of the best things that was advised to me this year interesting because it it made me step back and look at how my behaviors could be impacting that look at look at there's a lot of talk about be the change you want to be in the world what am i doing to actually be that change right that was the sort of impact those that both um um, Boomerang Valentine and Nanette had on me was to make me step back and say, okay, what is it exactly I'm doing and why? And how does, how, how does what I'm doing make the world better? How does it impact other people? Right. All right. Well, final two, number six. Yes. Wait, wait, am I supposed to ask you the, do you want the easy or the hard or the, uh, you can ask whichever one first you want. Do you celebrate your success? And if so, how I do now. I didn't when we, I, I was really bad about it when we started this, right? I actually am getting better about it. And sometimes it's a material reward, like to celebrate my hire at Elastic with some of the funds I had, because there's still a whole lot of funds left from that. Uh, I had tucked away for the unemployment time. I bought myself a new laptop. I bought myself a Mac. And... That was how I was celebrating. I got a new job. I'm going to get, I'm going to unify my platform again. I rearranged my office some. Uh, they provided me with this nice new monitor. So I was able to do some other upgrades and, and set some things up. I'd been meaning and wanting to set up for a while, but didn't have a deadline or excuse to do it. I, I realized for most of our listeners, I reorganized my office. <laughs> And switched laptop platforms so I could reintegrate. Does not really sound like a celebration, but he gets off on this stuff. Yeah, no, I've I've been you know setting up enough stuff that I can run some of these tools that I've always wanted to run at home, at home, right, without impacting anything else. And so I let myself be a tech as a tech and not a tech because I was working kind of thing for a little while, and that felt fantastic. Uh, wonderful. You know, for this, I'm just happy every interview I celebrate in my own way. I am so incredibly thankful to everyone who spends their time listening to the people who spend their time uh, being interviewed that I, I find that just a celebration of the success of the podcast itself. And the fact that, guys, you're still sending in requests to be on the show, that is Fan fucking tastic, and you don't know how honored and proud I am of this little side project having such an impact and and such demand from people. So uh, 
part of it's also part of celebrating my success is being grateful to the people who helped me be successful. Like, like his eyes are flashing hashtag blessed right now. It's a little alarming. I'm misting up a little. <laughs> you are. That's that's, and I'm stone cold sober because I I can't have alcohol while I'm recovering from the thing. But it it's that's the sort of impact and the sort of thing that I love. You know, and there's there's a saying sort of in project management, and, and I've said it here before, I'm not successful unless other people are successful. When I hear about people getting help, when I hear about people wanting to come on and talk about their struggles or their successes, I, I mean, I know I'm being successful, and that is a celebration in and of itself. I get to share it with everybody, which is the best thing you can do. Aww. Yeah, uh, yes, Hound, that's your paw on mm-hmm. me. Um, all right, then yes. I guess let's, let's, how do you deal with failure or how have you dealt with failure this year? Uh, so my approach to failure has changed significantly from when I first started deal doing this to now. One of the reasons this question is on here is because of Maxim 70. I don't think I need to repeat it. It's on the website. <laughs> I've, I, I do it all the time. I carry around the, the Sherlock Mercury Maxim 70 challenge coin, so I don't forget it. And then between that and, of all things, Luke Cage season one, right? Also, best advice I was ever given. There's a sign in Pop's Barbershop, and it says, always forward, never back, Right. I've tried to t- really take those in. I lost my job, right? I lost my job. I knew it was coming. I lost my job. It was still kind of a punch in the gut. I had to walk my boss through how to let somebody go because it was pretty obvious this was tearing him up a whole lot more than it was tearing me up because I've done the, I've done that dance enough times in my career that it wasn't, that I knew exactly what needed to be done. I knew what he needed to be providing to me. And I was spending more time I want to say comforting him, comforting him than he needed to be comforting me. Um, but there was that, that sort of spiral of, well, shit, I've lost my job. I'm not, but I had to step back and go, okay, this is a thing that happened. It's kind of outside your control. Going back and debugging what you could have done differently over the course of the last year to figure out how you could have not gotten let go at this point. No, the business still wouldn't have, of the business reasons, still wouldn't have equated to you still have your job, right? So I did a little bit of the debugging and reflection, and then it was like, all right, time to move forward. Took a couple, took the rest of September off because I just needed to decompress because I realized I hadn't taken off time between jobs since you went in from a brutal stress environment I, yeah. that was just burning you i mean you didn't have the candle at both ends you had shoved extra wicks in i i i compare it to a ray uh, to um the pressure in that job i was burning out the way a roman candle burns in an oxygen tent it was intense and i never took the time to really decompress from that you know, which I want to say is one thing that China mm-hmm. was actually very useful for. Oh, absolutely, was, absolutely. Uh, there's something very centering about it. Does it, it? It no longer matters if you are answering the email or if you were on call. Your biggest problem is that you're going to have to balance on two boards while you poop in the middle of the night and you can't breathe. Right? Yeah. <laughs> your snow leopard may eat your, you. Your biggest problem is rolling into how do you get enough oxygen into your bloodstream. Even with the help of pills, you're you you're walking five feet and having to stop and breathe heavily. It it recenters. There's a recenter about that. It changes those stress levels, and it's really easy to let go of a whole bunch of stuff. Now that doesn't mean that the health ramifications of being under high stress aren't still there. Right. Right. They, they, those yeah. don't go away. It's those just... don't go away. But certainly, a lot of the mental stuff. That I've been the mental baggage kind of got shoved off to the side and let go of because who cares about, you know, whether machine X is up or machine Y is up and mostly at home because one, I can't get anywhere near to fix them. And two, we're, you know, we're having enough problems finding something that we can eat right now <laughs> to, you know, to actually have to worry about. You know, it it just it changes the whole equation, right? Really does. Um, 
And I would not necessarily recommend it to any of our listeners. Uh, no, no. You are in, uh, very solid physical health. Yeah, and that's but that's the thing is it it certainly has made me look at some other things too, right? In a lot of ways, we could say that we both failed at going up a mountain more than once. Oh yeah, the, the, and, yeah. and there were yeah. a couple times. Actually, after I failed once or twice at that, I was like, I know I cannot mm-hmm. do this. Right. This is not a thing I have the capacity to do. Which is again, you know, uh, we we have the whole never say die culture. Push yourself. Right. No, all that's going to happen if I try to push myself up that mountain is I'm going to die, <laughs> and, and or collapse, or and, collapse, and then and the nearest hospital is five hours away by car. Yes, oh, and, right. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I will end up slowing everyone else down, which is always the thing I have a horror of, because, you know, someone will have to stay with me because they can't just leave me to be eaten by snow leopards. Right. Whereas if I'm like, or we could, or I could go over here. Right, we can go to where the birds are. Uh, yeah, we, we can go down down the mountain and... Mm-hmm. A little ways, and yeah. Do this, and y'all can climb the mountain. Yeah, and, and we did fail that, but I, I have to say... Discovering you can't climb a mountain at that height, not even in Himalayas, is not really. I wouldn't necessarily call it climbing a mountain. It was walking up like a a three degree incline. Okay, yes. At you know, you don't realize how much different that incline is at that height until you're actually doing it. Yeah, but I I don't. Mm -hmm. As failures go, that is uh, kind of I I I want to say it's it's a. A spectacular failure, not in that the the act of failing is spectacular, but what a spectacular place to fail. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah. There's a lot of that. And it's also about knowing your limits, right? Yeah. I don't think of failures outside where I'm stretching my limits, where I'm trying to go beyond what I've done before in a lot of ways. I don't consider those failures. I, those are learning experiences, right? I had a learning experience in... The Himalayas, where I learned that, okay, what is it, f- walking uphill in, at 14,000 feet above sea level, okay, that's a limit. There, There is, um, at the moment, I have hard limit. If I want to exceed that limit at some point, I'm going to have to change some things about my health and... And, like, practice. And, and practice, in, in yeah. Colorado yeah. <laughs> right, things. on the regular, yeah. And... Honestly, that's not a priority for me. <laughs> right, and that's and that's just it. It's like, well, you know what? I learned something here, and if if I can learn from it, it's not a failure, right? Now, if say while I was keeping the baby chicks in here and I was checking on them and all that stuff, and one of them had died in my office overnight, that I would have considered a failure, and I would have been tore up about. It, yes, right. But that's a different. That's that's a different. I've done this before. This is how it should work. This is how self sufficient they are, and. And then I would I would have to go back and I would go through the process of okay what went wrong where did it go wrong how did it go wrong how do I make sure it doesn't go wrong like that again in the in the future and uh, it should be said all the chicks are doing well oh yeah no they're fantastic yeah. um, I mean the Jersey Giants apparently are morons but that's a really low bar among chickens I think um, they're they're sweet and timid they are they are but, they're they're sweet and, and timid and, and, and they they have not. They are not very precocious, but the ones mm. hanging around with Mama Goth are doing yeah. great. So everyone's fine. Everyone's fine. And everyone is and, – and that in itself means I, I have not failed at being a chicken keeper. If a wolf came in and ate them – or ate – well, not a wolf, but like a coyote came in and ate one who wasn't asleep in the coop. Well, that isn't me failing as a chicken keeper. That's a chicken failing to get in the coop when it's supposed to get in the damn coop. Well, and that's yeah. just a that, – that, That's, that that's part of life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But if, if – if a coyote comes up and like the door isn't closed because I didn't push a button or I didn't go out and check it, that's a failure on me. Right. Right. Big difference. It's a lot about being about being in knowing that I'm only in control of what I can control and letting go of the other things. I I cannot be given to uh, I cannot be held to a standard which I have no control over. Right. And it, I, uh, the, speaking of the chickens, the one sort of failure point we did come out to was, I, I think uh, our friend Andrea said something very wise, which was mm-hmm. a farmer fail is not 
the fact that your rooster is attacking your wife. A right. farmer fail is the fact that if you let it keep happening. Yes. And yeah, if yeah. she has to, you know, start wearing uh, face plates to go out front, right? that's where yeah. you failed. Because yeah. you have, yeah. So. Also, the new rooster is, is fantastic with oh, the Lord, ladies. And he's, Lord yeah. is, is very good. Yeah. Yes. And very not human mm-hmm. aggressive. No, no, not at all. He's, he's, he's very aware we're there. Oh, yeah. But, and he doesn't think we're a threat, and he does not wish to offer us violence, mm-hmm. but there is a real, I am watching you, and I know you are there. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I have I have moved in into his personal space, and he's just like, I'm going to back up, because you are the bigger, you are the bigger animal. I am, I am well aware that I am nature snack food, and I will fight, but I don't think I can fight you and win. Um, if I'll I, do it if I have to, but oh, I prefer yeah. not to provoke the conflict. Yes. On the other hand, as compared to the dog, where he went full on, I can take you. Yes. Which and I'm was, pretty sure he could. Yeah, that was I, a hell of a thing. Yeah, I, I don't wish to test it, yeah. but yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So that's our seven questions. Is there that's... anything you would like to... to would you like to to gush at the internet a little bit about how no, you are? No, no, I I've I've done that. I've done that twice in the last like month. So I I really need to keep my eye on it. You know, <laughs> it's it's when I thank people for their support, and I I'm talking about how they can support. I always talk about how grateful I am and how thankful I am for the listeners and for the people who donate and support us on Patreon and share and all that stuff. And it's true. It really is true. I am I'm deeply honored by that. And he really is. He is the sort of genuine soul who is genuinely uncynically grateful. And, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. you know. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, and there's a part of me that's just happy I can help. Right? Just happy I can help. So. All right. Well, um, thank you very much for interviewing me. Absolutely. One of these days we'll get you back on too in, in this format. Oh, I don't know, man. We'll have to have your people talk to my people. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll call your agent. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, you, you should you should talk to Kevin. He handles all. Yeah. Okay. Things. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> all right. And we'll be right back after this. We are back. Um, it's been a great two years, and that was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to be on the other side of the interview, to remember what it's like to be the subject and to open yourself up and not just be the person asking the questions and sort of leading the discussion. Uh, You're a better interviewer than I am, just because well, you 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 care about people and find them interesting, and I care about people in the abstract and after about <laughs> 20 minutes i'm like this has been a lot of people time and i need to go lay down <laughs> well and now i've had a lot of practice yes i have interviewed 98 not people but 90 i've done these interviews 98 times now and so wait we had question shows in there we oh we did have letter shows in there you're right you're right and we've got one coming up so like let's yeah. say 80 Eight, yeah 80 something like that and so I've got a lot of practice. Yes. Got a lot of practice. Uh, and thinking of practice, I've had a lot of practice making badges. And so there is an episode 100 badge. And the badge code for that is two years. Uh, the word to the word years, no space. Uh, two years is going to be the code to capture that badge. And after two years, I think you guys probably know what the open source badges are about. So <laughs> right. our gift to you right. for two years is we're going to skip that. Bit. Right. What we are going to talk about, though, is I talked about how grateful I was for your support. And some of that is monetary and some of that is sharing and liking and commenting and all that stuff. And sending I Sending us questions. Sending us questions, writing an email. I say us for questions because I have to be here for the letter show, too. She does. So she does. He does all the interviews, but I am here for your letters. <laughs> And I guess letters will be next week. Probably. Uh, or I can push that off a week. And the first interview of year three mm-hmm. is an amazing time I spent talking to a professor on tenure track. Oh, 
Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, postdoc. It was he was it was a great conversation. And again, one of those opportunities I was really grateful to be able to have. So when I talk about that, like I said, you can like us, share us, send us a, a letter, you can uh, comment on Twitter, whatever. I appreciate all of that. If you feel the need to throw money at us. Patreon. Patreon. Ursula V. Ursula V. That's U-R-S-U-L-A-V. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just posted some comic pages there from a comic that I'm absolutely, totally not doing and is not a thing. Right. Yes. Absolutely, totally not a thing she is doing. Not a thing at all. Nope. The other way is, of course, you can buy me a coffee. I... I'm not drinking as much coffee right now, but once my mouth is healed, I'm going to be drinking coffee again. A oh, lot of coffee. Yeah, it is a thing I do. So I have a, a Kofi page, K-O-F-I slash K-S-O-N-N-E-Y. If you go to the Red Wombat store on mm-hmm. Tapatico.com, uh, you can buy merch. We don't have any Productivity Alchemy merch. We do have Hidden Almanac merch. Yeah, I do need to – I think it's it's getting on towards time to order a new set of stickers. Yes. Because I am out of fail stickers. I'm I'm if I'm not out of, I'm really, really low on productivity alchemy stickers. I think the episode fifty stickers and the I forget what the other sticker I had done, those haven't been as popular as the fail and just the productivity alchemy flagship ones. So I think it's an I met Kevin sticker. So I will probably just do a run of more, a lot more fail stickers and a lot more Productivity Alchemy logo stickers because those seemed really popular. And it's – I'm, you know, running low, which also, guys, love you. Thank you so much. Everyone who, who meets us in person and grabs one of those stickers and slaps it on a thing, uh, you don't know how much I really, really dig that. And I can't offer them on the store because well, – can Tabatago do stickers? Uh – I don't know. It's never come up. We'll have to. I uh, will have to find out. I don't know. I those are those are usually a meet me in person, uh, find me at you know all things open Anthrocon or whatever. I usually have the stickers on me. So, all right, folks, it's been a great two years. We're kicking off year three next week. Woohoo! Woohoo! And as always, folks, stay productive. Woo!